1: As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
2: Hi, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Dan Snow's History. I've got the very brilliant Eric Thompson on the podcast. He's a former Commodore in the Royal Navy. Throughout the Cold War, he served on five submarines and ended up commanding uh, Britain's main submarine base, Fast Lane on the Clyde, where uh, Britain's nuclear deterrent is based. He retired in 1998, but his love of submarines has never left him, as you'll hear, because for this podcast, I went round HMS Alliance with him. It was laid down right at the end of the Second World War, completed in 1947, and it served in the Royal Navy right the way through the 1970s. It's now a museum ship in Gosport, just next to Portsmouth. So I was so honoured that Eric took me around this submarine. He talked to me all about his experience submarines and what submarines got up to in the Cold War. If you want to watch a film version of this, you can get a history hit Dot TV. It's a digital history channel. It's the best history channel in the world, actually. I'm very biased, but I think it is. And if you use the code January... oh, just. Are we still in January? Yes, we are. If you just use the code January, in the next few days, you can take advantage of the January sale. Use January and get a month for free, and then get your first three months for 80% off. It's a crazy deal. Snap it up while you have the chance. And you can watch, as well as listen, to Eric Thompson Show Me Around HMS Alliance. But here's the man himself. Enjoy. As soon as I arrived in the Royal Navy Submarine Museum in Gosport, just across the water from Portsmouth, we clambered aboard HMS Alliance, and straight away, Eric was in the zone. The tour began.
3: This is an A-class submarine, and I used to serve in one of these. Trip down memory lane for you? Yeah, HMS Ando. It was 1969-70 when I was one of these,
2: which is a rather long time ago. And what is an A-class? What does it do? Well, it's it's a
3: diesel. Driven submarine. Okay. And this class was built for high speed transits in the Second World War from Trincomalee uh, across to the Malaya area where the Japanese had taken control. And uh, this submarine is very fast on the surface, it could do about 16 knots. Okay. But it, in the Cold War, it really wasn't much use because it was very noisy. Uh, if they were snorting running the diesels, they're solidly mounted to the hull.
2: And, but the idea was it would it would sink surface vessels or other submarines or
3: what? Uh, surface vessels okay. really. I mean these, these Mark 8s of Peter she would have had are very similar ones.
2: And these are the these are the tubes, the, are the, they? The these, are,
3: these are tubes, 21 inch in diameter. One is for keeping beer, the other is for, for keeping water.
2: There is actually <laughs> there's a beer in there? Yeah. Is that something that
3: happened when you were at sea? Yes, uh, yes, we kept stuff up. One of the tubes usually, it keeps the beer cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm
2: glad you're having fun. And, uh, and, and, and so, what? Are, I mean, you say Second World War, so this, um, is, this is basically a, a World War Two submarine, uh, is it? Well, not
3: quite. It's a World War II design okay. um, for World War II operational requirements. Um, but I think Alliance herself, this one, I didn't actually come into life until after the war was finished. The one I was in actually did clock in a couple of months of the war. Of, of the war. But uh, it's got a lot of modern equipment. I'm not sure, these, this is emergency breathing system. All these little breathing points are what you'd plug into if you were, were flooding up because or the, whatever.
2: The mind boggles. And then, and then you've got life jacket here for the case you have that's,
3: that's yes for escaping and you'd need that on the surface once you were up there because once you've escaped you haven't any
2: lifeboats, you're just bobbing around. so. I you, mean, it's, you, you probably get bored of people saying this, but uh, for those of us who haven't been in submarines, we, we find it terrifying, the idea of being underwater and emergency breathing and having to escape. You no, know, I'll tell you, what is terrifying it's being
3: in the London tube in the rush <laughs> hour and thinking of, you know, the 7-7 bombs going off in the tube or the King's Cross fire. There's no chance of getting out. In a submarine, you feel you're in control of things. Uh, uh, you know, you're surrounded by competent people who you know the drills. Yeah. and uh, no. I, I, makes sense what if you're going to suffer from claustrophobia you, you wouldn't get beyond the hatch were there and any I've guys my that.
2: height uh, one or two must, i mean i don't know <laughs> i don't know how they slept they just, i don't know how they um, <laughs> yes <laughs> what the suits? so take me let's let's take me through now we're allowed to call it a boat aren't we
3: yes boat. right submarine okay. boats why yes. are
2: submarines boats and, and other vessels or ships
3: i think because way back in the early days they were quite small compared to all okay. the mighty warships across there and um, they were very much down market and <laughs> uh, in the First World War and before the First World War when submarines came in, they came in in 1901 as our first submarine, and it's here by the way, yeah. in the museum, uh, Holland One. The people who involved in submarines were seen as dirty, smelly, piratical, and nothing to do with the real navy. And, and in fact, the First sea lord at the time described submarines as sort of unfair, underhand, and damned un-English, <laughs> and, he, and and said that any submarines who captured should be hanged as pirates. And that is why we fly the Jolly Roger coming back from war patrols.
2: Oh, yeah, It's not braggadocio. It's actually, it's two fingers up to Admiral <laughs> Wilson, it was, yes. Brilliant. Right, let's keep going. You've got bunks here, torpedoes here. There's not much in the way of sort of separation of, uh, of space, is
3: there? No, uh, no, men would be sleeping in here. Um, there would be more torpedoes, of course, in um, when she was in service.
2: And, and, uh, and is this your personal kit in here, is that?
3: That, no, I think that's more likely to be, oops,
2: uh, probably escape equipment. Um, Okay. I'm not sure. So certainly bunks suspended on top of gear and...
3: Yep. Yep, and uh, I have slept in a torpedo rack. If you go on board as an extra, as I did when I was a
2: squadron officer, there aren't any bunks for you. Really? Uh, And so you get to know each other pretty well. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Give me the absolute idiot's version. A submarine moves underwater mm-hmm. because a bit like a, a, a hybrid car today, you, you charge the battery when you're on the surface and yeah. use the battery when you're underwater. Is that right?
3: Yes, yes. And in this old fashioned class of submarines, there's a clutch. So you could say in harbour, run the engines and the generators to charge the battery. Yeah. When it's seated either propellers, you clutch in. In fact, there's a thing there. It, 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 it in
2: engine clutch. Yeah.
3: But in these electric boats which followed, um, there's, there's no direct drive from the engine to the propellers. The, the, the engines just make electricity through a generator and, and, and it's electrical wires which go to um, a motor which drives the propellers. Okay. It's a much quieter So it's a
2: bit like modern electric cars?
3: Sort of, yes. A bit. Now these are the conrods here. They're what external. Lady? Well, they move up and down and work the tap.
2: So those would, again, if you got your hand trapped in there, that would be... Yeah, uh,
3: when, when she's steaming along, these are all going up and down all the time. Amazing, isn't really it? Really quite noisy.
2: And do you try, in a submarine, do you try and cruise on the surface this, where possible?
3: Um, diesel boats did, yeah. because it's slightly faster. N- Nuclears wouldn't, no.
2: So nuclear is because you've got unlimited fuel, you can just cruise along yeah, in the
3: Yeah, and, and, and uh, also, because the, the teardrop hull, it's actually pretty dangerous on the surface of any waves at all, because you're going through the waves. And in fact, in the early days, um, there was a lookout when Courageous actually went through a large wave off the Hebrides somewhere, and the, and the poor lookout was sucked out, never found. So after that, they had to belt in. But there's, there's no real reason for a nuclear submarine to be on the surface.
2: And so in the, in the Second World War, or your early service, You only went underwater when you were sort of approaching the enemy.
3: Yeah, I mean, a boat like this would have crossed the Indian Ocean from Trincomalee and then dive and gone down the Malacca Straits and and then look for targets. It's a matter of interest, um, that's the exhaust going overboard. Okay.
2: When you say dive, I mean, you just, this is so revolutionary. This is as as important as human beings going into the air is our ability to fight and operate underwater. Yeah. Well, I think
3: adding to that, in the Second World War, a submarine like this, it was all periscope sightings for your target. Um, In the Cold War, you're into sonar, and uh, it's
2: it's listening and sound analysis, very, very high-tech stuff. And in the Cold War, presumably, unlike your friends in the infantry in Germany who are sitting around you know, looking at the, perhaps looking at the Soviets through binoculars, you, you, were, you were playing games. I mean, you were coming up against them and testing yes. yourself against the opposition, yeah. right?
3: Well, there, there were two different kind of branches of the submarine service. One was the strategic nuclear deterrent submarines with intercontinental ballistic missiles. They simply went out and disappeared. Yeah. Their three main priorities were, one, remain undetected, two, maintain constant communications, yeah. And three be at 15 minutes readiness to fire. 15 minutes. The SSNs, which are the what we used to call hunter killers, they're all entirely different. They go out to find Soviet submarines and ships, and uh, they did surveillance patrolling. So in conjunction with the Americans, with part of the relay. You know, we always had at least one SSN up in the Barents Sea, keeping an eye on what was going on up there. And there's a, a number of reasons for that. One is. You would be wanting to hoover in all the radio signals, radar signals, um, so that you could uh, record the characteristics of the latest Soviet missile radars or whatever, uh, pick up the communications, see what they're talking about, you carry Russian interpreters, and uh, also get up close to their ships to get their sound signatures. And and With that intelligence, you could feed it out to all the other submarines, and, and indeed anti-submarine aircraft like Nimrods, the sonar boys and frigates. So we all had these encyclopedias of what the electronic and sonar sound signatures are of of as many Soviet craft as we could. Uh, So that was that one role. The the, the second role was to um, see if, in our case, the Soviet Northern fleet was looking like it was getting ready to go to sea big time. And if so, why? Was that an indicator of impending war? And the third role would be to um, try and latch on to one of their missile submarines as it left um, Murmansk and, tra- and tra- trail it, oh. it? and when we've done that, we trail it all the way down to really? the American coast. Oh. So they were quite busy, and that, that was, um, you know, the exciting stuff. But you know, in both cases, we, we don't talk about. I mean, one of the nation's closest, most closely guarded secrets is where do, where do our missile submarines patrol? Yeah. And uh, only three people on board knew where we were. I mean, I, I was the senior engineer of Revenge, and only once did I know where we were, and that was because we had a particular problem. The captain explained to me. Uh, but it's normally just the captain, the navigator, and the EXO knew wow. where we were. And 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 in the the um, surveillance boats, uh, you know, not everyone knew where they were. Or what they, they would know, there were. A, a sort of uh, sneaky patrol, but they wouldn't, apart from the captain and the, the, the people directly involved, they wouldn't it's know a, it's just. It's,
2: a, but it's all the crew in here that, you know, that's the only thing you have for the outside world, depth in feet, you know, yeah. you know you know how far underwater you are. And apart from that, yeah, you don't know anything else. No. You're listening to Dan Snow's history hit, I'm touring HMS Alliance with Eric Thompson. More after this.
0: Learn about Yasuke, the African warrior who entered the trusted circle of Japan's most powerful warlord. Hear accounts of cultures colliding when Portuguese missionaries landed on Japanese shores and follow Japan's journey through years of division and bitter warfare to unification at the dawn of the modern era. Make sure you catch every episode by following Echoes of History, a Ubisoft podcast brought to you by History Hit, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
2: So I've got, now that we're all talking about electric cars, I've got range anxiety. How, <laughs> uh, how long would you be able to go in a, in a vessel like this just on batteries?
3: Well, it depends what you're doing. If you're okay. sitting in the body and doing nothing, probably, I don't know, a day and a half, maybe? Yeah. If you're... If you're, you if you, know, if you're Going around at a fair speed, then you're using up the battery quickly, and you'd have to... Uh, probably, you'd be wanting to snort every six hours.
2: So you have to get the snorkel up, and do, put the diesels on, and charge batteries up? Yeah. How, how, what depth do you have to be to do that? 50 feet, just a bit less okay. than that, I think.
3: Okay. I think from memory, the, uh, the next class was about 54 feet.
2: So, um, so then, this, to me, looks pretty old-fashioned. I mean, it's pretty remarkable that you first went to sea in things that were, you know, Second World War, very mechanical, and then you spent the rest of your career on nuclear power Yeah, ended up sitting in front of a bank of dials
3: with um, just a little... Well, in fact, a nuclear reactor almost needs an extra explanation, but um, the the nuclear reactor is so brilliantly well designed, it's what you called um, load-following and Uh, uh, self-regulating... all we did, if we wanted to go faster, the, the guy on the throttles, which um, it's just a little tiny lever on a desk, and he just moves it up from stop to full speed, and the steam comes off the, from the steam generators, which are heated by the reactor, and the reactor. Then becomes, it's getting cold water returning into it. The cold water is denser, acts as a greater moderator, and uh, increases the nuclear um, reaction and it makes more heat. And it just kind of automatically follows. It's quite a, it's hands off. Um,
2: well, that sounds like a miracle to me. It,
3: well, it, it sort of is, really.
2: <laughs>
3: well, now we come into the accommodation space part of the submarine. This well, it's, is a galley.
2: So how many people would this be expected to cook for? I, I can't remember
3: the exact numbers, I think this, we had a crew of about 60. 60 people! And uh, they'd be eating three meals a day and the rest. Oh, and uh, the chefs are the, the, the most amazing people. They, they, just, they just, I don't know how they do it, it's fantastic. And, is some, is some and he- this is a bathroom.
2: 60 people, what was the smell like on a submarine after well, a few weeks at sea?
3: The predominant smell was um, diesel. Fumes. Yeah, and these it, are the heads and bathrooms. Now, you see, um, the A-boats, some of them anyway, had this little thing to put your feet on because some naval doctors thought it was healthier to have your knees above your bottom when I've, you're not sitting well, on the I side. Well, I have heard that. I've had, <laughs> yes. heard
2: that it's better to get your knees up. Um, now, there was one submarine, that, a German submarine, that sank with a malfunctioning toilet, wasn't there? So well, there's a uh,
3: uh, finally, uh, toilets, if, if you ask me what's the thing that worried one most on, um, say, a deterrent patrol, it was blockage of your overboard sewage hull valve. Oh, well, that's true. Uh, that's not a joke. Uh, uh, you know, if you've got 150 blocks, um, probably operating the bowels twice a day, and uh, 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 if the sewage tank fills
2: up and you can't pump it overboard, you've got problems. Did you feel when you were in submarines that you were the, the, the hunters or were you the prey? No, we were the hunters. Really?
3: Yeah. I mean, British submarines always were. <laughs> um, so the fr- so surface vessels were scared of you? Uh, well, no. No, they wanted to sink us. I mean, it, 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 during the Second World War, we lost the entire strength of the submarine force during the war, f- replenishing it throughout, of course. but the strength we had at the beginning was lost. And a lot of our work was done in the Mediterranean. Uh, and in fact, although it's not generally appreciated, um, submarines played a key part in the victory at El Alamein because we were hitting uh, Rommel's supply lines from Italy to North Africa. But, but, but uh, I mean,
2: you know, in terms of your ethos, did you, by the time you were serving, had, how had that technological, how had the technology shifted? Did you feel you had more advantages or did you feel the advantage lay with the surface vessels and the aircraft?
3: Well, you can be a bit myopic about these things. We always felt we were invulnerable and that we were a target. I mean, we call surface ships targets, that's that's the terminology. Um, But uh, nuclear submarines, uh, very difficult to deal with them because they can go as fast and faster than the surface ships and in bad weather, like for example when the task force was going down to the Falklands, terrible sea conditions. Up, You can't go very fast, as you'll be well aware, in high seas, but a submarine can just hammer along at, you know, 30 miles an hour at 400 feet. Uh-huh. Uh, so it can catch up with uh, surface fleets. It can uh-huh. come up from a stern and get... Uh, and up, it's quiet. And it's c- quiet. And, and um, surface ships, and this is one of the reasons I volunteered for submarines. My father was in the Navy during the war, and he was on convoy, so he was in the anti-submarine game. And I fancied originally being captain of a destroyer. I failed the eye test for being a, a seaman officer, so I became an engineer. But anyway, out in the Far East, I was a midshipman in Barossa, an old battle-class destroyer. Uh, we used to do anti-submarine exercises against this class of submarine out of Singapore. And we could never find the damn things. You know, they, they, they were also, the submarine would fire a green grenade to say, I've just defeated you.
2: Yeah. And I thought that, well,
3: you know. I want that, to be on that team. We're now in the era of um, nuclear submarines. And we can't even handle a submarine like this. So I thought the answer is nuclear submarines. And I'd grown up with the idea that U boats almost starved the country out during the Second World War and indeed during the First World War. And I thought, well, if, if this country has got to be an anti submarine force, the, the anti submarine force has got to be submarines. It's, it's, or was it poacher to catch a gamekeeper to catch poacher? What is that expression? Poacher turned gamekeeper. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and of of the new nuclear submarines, these massive sonar sets, which they could take deep, you know. So the, the surface ships are big sonar sets, but they're bouncing around in the surface. And you get thermal layers on the surface because of the sun. That bends sound rays, etc. Submarines duck underneath, you can't hear them. So that's why I, I volunteer for submarines. And of course, one of the other roles of submarines is to let the heroes from the SBS slip ashore. Uh, so you
2: surface, put a canoe on the, and then they'd Different ways of doing it, yes,
3: for this submarine that's what you did, you surfaced uh, usually at night, it didn't fully surface you had to, you, you didn't give full buoyancy and um, just enough to get the hatch open and then you get these guys out and off they go God. but with um, modern submarines we've got um, uh, sort of canoe release capsules, you know, sort of steel things and they just go up into them and then be let out from there and the submarine wouldn't have to surface.
2: So this is a Second World war design used during the Cold War, how different would they be today
3: Oh massively different I mean, almost no comparison really? really apart from the fact that the steel tubes I mean a nuclear submarine, for example, is um, twice as wide well a sort of um, early generation Cold war nuclear submarine twice as wide as this she 'd be carrying 21 torpedoes or more in her um, Foreigns, but the modern submarines are carrying, you know tube-launched cruise missiles for hitting Afghanistan uh, as well as torpedoes and uh, indeed um, things like Sub which is a torpedo tube-launched anti-ship missile is like Exocet, you know, but um, So they, they've got a mixed bag of armaments and then you go to the missile submarines, which the, the, the ballistic missile submarines their, their targets are four thousand miles away so they're huge, huge... And they are a massive. Space. I mean, a Trident submarine, you probably put two of these inside one. Wow.
2: Sounds like they're big enough. Even my gangly frame might fit comfortably into one of those. Once COVID passes, folks, I'm going aboard a nuclear submarine. I'll let you know. You need to get yourself... Didn't, I was listening to that just thinking how nice it was to be socially near somebody, clambering around a submarine, jammed into tight spaces, having a laugh, having a chat... It's funny, God, the year it's been. Like you need to get yourself to the submarine museum. Frankly, you need to get yourself to any museum after this series of lockdowns. They are going to need your support everywhere in the world. Let's get back in there, history lovers. Uh, and we, And also, you're going to see some amazing stuff. They're doing. You think you're doing them a favour? They're doing you a favour. Um, don't forget to watch the full-length film of HMS Alliance on History Hit TV. Use the code JANUARY. Hope you enjoyed the pod. See you next time. All the history on our shoulders. All this tradition of
1: ours, our school history, our songs, this part of the history of our country, all were gone and finished and liquidated.
2: Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Just before you go, bit of a favour to ask. I totally understand if you don't want to become a subscriber or pay me any cash money. Makes sense. But if you could just do me a favour, it's for free. Go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you give it a five-star rating and give it an absolutely glowing review, purge yourself, give it a glowing review. I'd really appreciate that. It's tough weather, there, law of the jungle out there, and uh, I need all the fire support I can get. So that will boost it up the charts. It's so tiresome, but if you could do it, I'd be very, very grateful. Thank you.
1: Right at home.
0: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first
3: order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Dan Snow's History. Please follow this show wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us and you'll be doing us a big favor. Don't forget, you can also listen to all of these podcasts ad-free and watch hundreds of TV documentaries when you subscribe at historyhit.com/subscribe as a special gift you can also get your first 3 months for just 1 pound a month when you use code dan snow at
0: checkout